Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barden, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the movers and shakers of a growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grow With Us is a podcast that highlights the work of in Tulsa and informs you about the exciting and innovative work being done around the city by its best and brightest. In Tulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. This week, we are in conversation with Curtis Klein, technology consultant, who will be chatting with me about technology entrepreneurship, broadly consulting across multiple projects, and breaking into the tech industry. Thank you for being here, Curtis. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Evan. Um, Curtis and I are, we go way back at this point. It's almost been a year of me knowing Curtis, which is pretty cool. And uh, the, the first couple meetings I've had with him, I was kind of like in this room in 36 degrees north. We were, I was on a new project that I hadn't worked on. And Curtis was the one that we were all looking at for all of the answers. I, I'm sure he remembers that. But it's really cool to kind of have this like almost year-long relationship working professionally on, on different projects and stuff. And so I'm really excited to, to pick your brain about uh, kind of your experience and um, some of the ways that I've come to know you over the year. Just to get us started, do you mind just telling us your story in whatever way you feel comfortable? My story is kind of long, so I'll try to keep it brief. But um, I, I grew up in Tulsa, so I've, I've, I've been in Tulsa the majority of my life, although I have left a few times and I always end up back in Tulsa for one reason or another. I was, I, I married a Tulsa girl in 2010 and my family and I sold our manufacturing company in 2011. So I had quite a bit of a tech career for several years, even before I joined the family business, but selling the family business in 2011 was kind of my, kind of the catalyst for me returning to tech. And, and I really wanted to, uh, I, I was excited to get back to tech. I was able to land a position at Evernote in Silicon Valley in 2013, and that was a great experience being part of a, a well-funded uh, kind of mature startup environment in Silicon Valley. Um, it also afforded me an opportunity to build a network that is really hard to build outside of that environment. So I feel really fortunate that I, I got to spend a couple years at Evernote. For various reasons, in 2015, my wife and I returned to Tulsa, and I bought a small bicycle company. It was an e-commerce company, so that's kind of the, the connection to tech. And I was, I was excited to learn more about digital marketing and digital advertising, and I was excited to take a, a kind of 15-year-old brand that hadn't been well-marketed online and try to make some some big changes with the company. I had mixed success with that, and I did learn a lot about digital marketing. My wife kind of dragged me off to New York City in 2018 for an exciting one-year adventure living in Manhattan. During that time, I sold the bike company. So uh, the bike company thing was just, just a couple of years. And also in New York, I joined a VC-funded Series A startup in, that was based in Brooklyn. And I got some really great experiences running kind of operations for the company. Um, you know, things like finding new office space, hiring 30 people, um, building out a hiring pipeline for engineers, for software engineers in an incredibly tight market. 
and also ran the cloud infrastructure team for a little while. Just did did a little bit of everything in the in the two years or so that I spent at that company. We came back to Tulsa just a little before the the pandemic, and uh, I worked remotely for the for the startup for a little while, and then left the startup in 2020 and joined Tulsa Remote and and in Tulsa to do some technology consulting, kind of looking looking forward at the uh, the way the two organizations were using technology and and kind of what the next steps might be, and and also during that same period, I uh, I got together with Atento and and got some referrals to portfolio companies and did some uh, kind of small consulting engagements with with Atento portfolio companies. So I'm I'm happy to have been able to uh, be very immersed in the Tulsa startup scene for the last couple of years. It's been it's been awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Tell me about your Manhattan experience because I've also lived in Manhattan. <laughs> did you enjoy it? I did not. Um, I think you know Manhattan is an amazing place to visit for me, and and I would love to go back and and um, spend some time there again visiting. Um, but a year was more than enough for me to to live there. Um, the city is just kind of too wild and crazy for me. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not in my twenties anymore, and. I'm sure that it would have been a really exciting place to 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 live in my 20s, um, but I have a little bit more of a quiet life now, and and it's tough to have a quiet life in Manhattan. Like you, if you kind of feel obligated to be part of the 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 city, the the activity of the city, and while that's fun, it's also exhausting. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> I was ex- I was an exhausted 20 year old living in Manhattan, and I was also at that point where I was like, I think that I should be enjoying this, but. I really am just, I don't know, putting myself in these situations because I'm supposed to. If someone's, there's some reason why I feel like I have to. So I totally relate to you on that. But thank you for sharing kind of your, your journey and everything. I think it's really cool. And some, highlight, some highlights I want to pull out there is just that um, kind of going somewhere and then coming back and then going somewhere and then coming back. It's, it's kind of a theme that I've, I have in my life too, in a way, just because I am also from Tulsa. and was able to experience other places, but bring that back to Tulsa in a way. Um, and so it's, it's, it's cool to kind of have that through line for us. Um, so kind of speaking along those lines, how long have you lived and worked in Tulsa specifically? And, and what do you think uh, the elements of Tulsa and you know, your, your jobs and the jobs that you've had over the years have kind of, how has that relationship developed? Yeah, I mean, I, I've lived and worked in Tulsa off and on my whole life. So I went to college for a little while in Texas, finished my bachelor's degree in California, um, and worked a little while out there, came back to Tulsa, spent some time here running, starting and running a, a small um, tech services company. And, um, and so the experience of working in Tulsa has been, as a, as a tech-oriented person, um, you know, I, I I never got a degree in computer science, but I did take a lot of computer science classes. And um, as a as a tech oriented person, I think that the early years of of working in Tulsa were kind of disappointing. Like there wasn't much of a tech scene here, and uh, and there was in California. And and so one of the things that I think was really important for me in in my in my working in Tulsa experience was when Thirty Six Degrees North came online. I was asked to be on the um, the original board at 36, and so and that that happened 
several months prior to the opening of the doors of 36. So I got to have a great experience kind of participating in the grand opening and, and a little bit of the work leading up to that and then be on the board of 36 for two years and in the first two years that it was open. And it was a really exciting time for, for the kind of the tech scene in Tulsa. And, and so that's for me what, what uh, the recent years of working in Tulsa have been all about is watching this tech scene get bigger and bigger and watch the economic um, influence of that technology um, ecosystem in Tulsa. It, it's just, it's been incredible to watch. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I like wish that I could, do you mind remind me what year 36 like was opened? Do you, 16. Okay. This was the year I was on my way out. Cause I was like, I feel like the energy in the city would have been different and I would have noticed, but I, I literally left for college that year, which is wild to think about. Um, but yeah, obviously I came back to a city that it's not that I didn't recognize it, but I, I became familiar with Tulsa and kind of what was going on downtown in a different way. So that was really cool to kind of see and, and to also hear about, you know, being on the founding board. I actually know a lot of people on the founding board just through our network. Um, and it feels like everyone has a different uh, entry point into, into that space. And now 36 degrees north. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but it's really a, a pillar in the community for entrepreneurship and for attracting tech-minded individuals because they have a place to work that's not always an office space. So I think, I think that's really cool. Um, kind of talking about like the tech industry and entrepreneurship, uh, how are you seeing folks uh, successfully break into this industry? It doesn't necessarily have to be in, in Tulsa, but kind of more broadly. And what similarities in their backgrounds have stood out to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm in this really interesting online group of entrepreneurs who are interested in the tech industry. Some of them are tech founders. Some of them are people who are building an idea for, for a startup. And many of them are working in other industries and would like to work in, uh, in, the, tech, in the tech world. And uh, two of those industries are consulting, like big consulting firms and finance. And a lot of those people have top tier MBAs and finance degrees and have had great success in in their in their early career in consulting or finance and and so i'm I'm watching those people try to find their way to to tech and uh, one of the things that they they often do is and that I think a lot of people do regardless of whether they have those kinds of credentials or not is they take classes they take often online classes certainly during the pandemic uh, at places like general assembly or some of the online course providers, Coursera and other, other online course providers. And they learn important emerging technologies, things like data science or coding. Um, and they, they sort of leverage that new knowledge into a position, even if the position is not like full-time coding, having that experience of understanding how technology works, how modern web applications work is huge, is, is uh, a really important part of your resume. If you're trying to, especially if you're trying to move from some other industry into, into tech. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, over the pandemic, I also saw like kind of this, uh, availability and accessibility in the tech industry, like from bigger companies like Microsoft, uh, emerging, like I think they launched a foundations course or they were, uh, something along those lines that had got on my radar and I was like, sign me up. I want to do, I want something to certify me in, in something. Cause I knew that it was going to be an asset to me, uh, for any type of job that I 
looked into. And um, what's funny is I didn't end up doing that. <laughs> I stuff happens, and I wasn't able to even start that. But I was lucky with like work and the opportunities that I got to be able to immerse myself in a tech. I, I it kind of happened in my lap, which is wild. Um, but like a, a tech platform like uh, the one that we use, which is our CRM, has been really an interesting project to work on because um, I think that I've learned about like what an API is. I've learned about things like automation building. And these are just like small skills, I think, uh, and, and a large bucket, obviously. But um, just an introduction, a, a slice of, of the pie is, is all that I kind of need to be like, okay, I actually enjoyed this. And I think that there's something... Obviously, I know that there's lots of jobs in this, um, and that's that's kind of the appeal. But it's also like I also see the appeal in um, I like to think of the tech industry as kind of like a, a a Venn diagram where you have tech on the left side and then anything that you want on the right side. And that's kind of I want to figure out what that I want to fill in the blank on the right side and then find a an opportunity that would be really really um, enticing for me. And I, and I I kind of encourage other people to look at the industry in that way a little bit because it it can kind of broaden you in in a way and i think that that's kind of what you're hitting on with like taking classes i mean figuring out if that learning style is conducive to you or if you can do that professionally i think it's an important skill to learn for sure and one one thing that i think is an interesting trend right now you know people think that if they're going to break into the tech industry they need to learn to be a coder and it's really not true there's there's a a really interesting trend, I feel like, in, in the tech startup world where they are uh, founders are valuing generalist skills more now than they used to. And so that can be somebody who's been in finance or operations or human resources or uh, various other spaces, and they are bringing their strong skill sets in those areas into tech and helping to make tech companies more successful because they, they have these um, these interesting backgrounds, and maybe they have a background in more than one of those things, and they really understand business more broadly than some of the other people who are involved in tech. I feel like several years ago, you might have seen a tech startup that had five people on the early team. All of those people would be software engineers. And now you see a tech startup that has five people on the early team, and maybe only two or three of those people are start are, are software engineers. So. It's things are changing. Yeah. And no code is like a, a, a tagline or like a, these education development courses are advertising courses that are no code, which I haven't necessarily looked all the way into them, but I'm imagining it is to help you with foundational skills that do not involve software engineering in the form of like, you have to know what coding language. I'm still here as a technology professional, I would say without any coding knowledge. I can look at HTML and know what it's saying sometimes, but not too not too well. But yeah, kind of uh, talking more about this work, I'm I'm curious too. Like as a consultant, it seems like uh, you've been brought on at very pivotal moments for companies looking to expand their business units or onboarding new technologies. How have you been able to land opportunities like this in your career? I think positioning myself as someone who has startup experience has been crucial um building my network through things like working at a, a you know household name like Evernote that's been a, a a really amazing factor in in building my network and positioning myself in a way that's attractive to companies that need all different kinds of consulting 
I don't just do technology consulting. One of my gigs right now is business development for a climate tech startup. And I positioned myself on that effort through helping to start a nonprofit during COVID and meeting a bunch of smart people who are uh, well-connected in Silicon Valley. And they referred me to a climate tech startup founder who needed somebody to do generalist duties, all kinds of business operations things, uh, KPIs and analytics, and turns out business development. So I think that for me, it's definitely been building a network through a variety of experiences. Yeah. Building a network is is honestly, I think, a, the challenge of your early career sometimes. Because I think for me, it would, you know that a network or a, a community of professionals is, is what you need to propel yourself forward. But sometimes, uh, at least for me, I struggle with the paralysis of indecision, <laughs> which is to say, I don't know what network is going to get me the opportunity that I necessarily want, because I'm not sure if what I want is necessarily what I want. That's, that's really what, um, you know, 24 year old me struggles with, and maybe other people do too. Um, but I think, I think what that kind of position puts me in the position of is to not have a network if I don't work for it. And that is a drawback, regardless of whichever direction I want to go. So, I mean, this is a little bit of an advice podcast, I guess, but I, w I would love to extend that advice to people of just meeting people in general is never going to, I would say, like hurt you, I guess. I don't know if that's, the, if that's a great way to say that, but um, building your network in any way is, is really helpful because at least you're, you might be making friends, <laughs> you might be w making workplace uh, professional connections, or, and those people might lead you to the next thing without you even knowing. And it's also a long-term investment too, so um, with, with relationships. I agree. I've recently been trying to break into a new area of technology, which I might get a chance to talk about a little bit later in our conversation. But in that area, I've been working on my network. And the way that I've worked on my network is I've joined several groups to try to meet people. What I've found is that some of those groups are more valuable than others. And so I definitely think that it's good advice to join a lot of groups, but I also think it's good advice to um, be very thoughtful about where you're spending your time. It's, it's, it's time intensive to join and participate in these different groups. And over uh, a pretty short amount of time, you can determine which one of the groups you've joined is providing you with the most value, is, is, giving, you, is giving you exciting experiences. And uh, it, it's great to focus your attention on, on those groups and let the other ones go. Yeah, the community piece is really important. And I think you can also think about where your community is based on where you're located too. And so um, let's talk a little bit more about Tulsa in our tech community. So thinking more about Tulsa specifically, what element of the tech industry have you seen elsewhere in kind of your, in your professional experience that has yet to breach in Tulsa? What, what are we missing in Tulsa? The idea that, that, that I'm getting is what sector of the tech industry is not well represented in Tulsa. And uh, a sector that, that I'm particularly interested in right now is blockchain. So we don't have a lot of um, momentum in the blockchain space in Tulsa. And I've been looking at DeFi, so decentralized finance, NFTs, decentralized autonomous organizations, 
and I've been joining some groups that are focused on these these particular areas of technology. And I think that there's a lot of really exciting things going on. There's also a, a lot of really ugly things going on <laughs> in the get rich quick side and the scammy side of of NFTs, for example. But um, I do think that this is a emerging technology space that's going to continue to be really, really interesting over the next few years. And I'm fascinated by it. Another another area that I think is not really happening in Tulsa as much as as I think it should be is climate tech. I, I have a biased opinion since I'm I'm working with a client uh, with a consulting client that's a, a climate tech startup. But I think that there's huge opportunity to do climate climate change related technology companies in Oklahoma. Yeah, no. I was going to ask you when you were talking about the first thing, does the term Web3 mean anything to you? I've also maybe asked you this offline before, but maybe explain it to some of the Grow With Us viewers if, or listeners if you know what it means. Sure. I think if you ask five people who know a little bit about this space, what Web3 means, you probably get five different answers. But my answer is that it's just a catch-all term for a bunch of blockchain-related technologies. So DeFi, NFTs, DAOs. Other things, other um, blockchain transaction-related technologies. Okay. And so, honestly, I'm also trying to understand this space, too. Like, it's, it's as new as, I feel like, the past two years. I mean, I, I feel like I first heard of NFTs maybe like a year ago or within the past year. And I know what it stands for. And I understand the, I would say, the basic gist of, you know, the fact that anything you own online is not something that you own online forever now with the with the advent of non-fungible tokens. Um, I think the I think a great example of this, and maybe this is just what helped me explain it um, to myself, was that if you buy something on like a PlayStation 4, like a PlayStation Network or whatever, you buy like a copy of the game. And in a way, if that that game was like an NFT, you could then sell that copy of the game to someone else. And that way you're not just buying this digital asset that only exists in your library. I don't know if that is a great way of explaining it to anyone, but that's my basic understanding. <laughs> I think that that's a really interesting way to, to present it. And I think that's one use case. And I think there are use cases that we're seeing with NFTs, like the Bored Apes and the other sort of JPEG art. Um, I don't think that's the the killer use case for NFTs. I think there's a bunch of interesting things out there. Um, certainly, NFTs in particular, non-fungible tokens in particular, are important because they confer digital property rights in a way that we've never been able to do before. And one of the areas that I think is, is interesting because of my affiliation with a, a particular desert festival is ticketing and and having the ability to create a ticket that has a provenance, that has a digital provenance that we know that that ticket is legitimate and that we know whose hands that ticket has been in, who the owners of that ticket have uh, have been since the ticket was originally uh, created. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That's, yeah, some of this stuff is hard for me to wrap my brain around too, which is wild because I think that a lot of people, you know, associate Gen Gen Z, which I I, know, I struggle to identify with <laughs> sometimes, but as just like, oh, I know what I was like born knowing what an NFT is, or you know, born knowing what blockchain is, and it, it's it's kind of confusing when I haven't had that experience. So I guess this is a little bit of a follow up question, but what do you think 
Tulsa needs to emerge in the space a little bit more? Is it founders in that space? Is it companies that are already existing here taking an approach into those um, that industry, I guess? Like, what do, how do we get started? Honestly, I'm already seeing it. So I think that what we need is interest groups. We need people who are interested in the space getting together and talking about it because that spurs interesting conversations. It, it, it spurs interesting meetings of, of intelligent people who have um, a particular interest in the space, and then they get together and start a company around it. Um, so it's, it's already happening. Six months ago, when I was first looking at this, I could hardly find anyone to talk to about blockchain or, or Web3 in Tulsa. And now I see posts about it in the 36 Degrees North Slack, and I see posts about it in the Techlahoma Slack and other places that uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised there are as many people in Tulsa who are interested in the space as there are today. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's good to know that. I think we're, we're a very interconnected tech industry. And so it's not, what's nice about that is that we know if you're in those, those groups like Curtis and I both are, you know, it's not even the same people bringing it up in those different slacks. It's kind of, it's coming up in a, in a organic way. So maybe this is my last question about this, <laughs> but is it helpful to, for me, I think that I get confused with, um, and maybe this isn't just you explaining to me all about crypto and NFTs, but like, is it helpful to think about the NFT space and blockchain as a separate entity to cryptocurrency? I think I have amalgamated them together. It is important. It is important. I mean, cryptocurrency is like a use case for blockchain. And there are a bunch of other use cases for blockchain, including NFTs, including decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs. And, and I think there's others that, that just haven't emerged yet. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, thank you for for being my answer machine for those things. Um, kind of our rounding out our our topic and our, and our conversation. I would love to you know get your advice on, or I guess let me let me re tee that up. Rounding out our discussion today, I'd love to kind of hear you tell some grow with us listeners what advice you would give um, if they were looking to break into the tech industry. Sure. We've, we've talked some about the network thing, and I think that that is a, a crucial piece. And uh, I mentioned earlier to, to join some groups, be thoughtful about where you're spending your time, reevaluate frequently as to whether those groups are offering the value that you hoped they would and whether uh, investing your time in those groups continues to be worth it. Also, taking some classes, take a look at, at the various class providers. And, and even if those things are way outside your area, like you're a liberal, liberal arts major and you're looking at a data science class, go take the data science class. Intro to data science at General Assembly, for example. I took it for free in New York. It was super interesting. I learned all kinds of things that I knew nothing about. And yes, there were some moments where I felt like the content was a little over my head, but I... I still learned a lot. I still gained some really valuable insight about data science. Uh, machine learning is another interesting, very technical topic that anybody can learn about. You don't have to be a uh, computer science major or a coding expert to learn about some of these topics. The, um, there's great availability of online classes, many of which are free. And I think that's one of the pieces of advice for somebody that's in a different industry, looking to get into tech, 
wants to gain some specialized knowledge that will look good on a resume, but also give them something to talk about in an interview. Yeah, that's that's huge. I was going to say these also don't really have like an age like um, descriptor to it. You know, you can do this at 18. You can do this well into a career. You can do this from a, a, a career pivot. I think that really the elements that make the tech industry exciting for you, you have to find yourself. And that's what's going to create the conversation that you can, you know, potentially leverage into a career. I mean, um, and that's sometimes you can't imagine yourself doing that, especially when you don't have the knowledge or you don't have the, the vocabulary. So I, I think that these are, all, these are all great pieces of advice because if anything it does is just inform you to be able to participate in even a conversation like this. I mean, I've kind of demonstrated like what elementary knowledge of this topic can sound like sometimes, but you know, I, I feel more informed now to have a conversation with someone else about you know, what I think Web3 is. And I think it's interesting that I get to hear like little bits of pieces from people and then take that little bits of pieces to someone else in a way. And that can sometimes be productive. Um, it can also lead to misinformation. But um, I think with this, as long as you're rooted in curiosity um, and not trying to tell someone that this is the way that it is, or this is the way that I understand it, which is means that it is the way that it is, I think um, it, it can potentially be a benefit to you to be curious. I think way. so. And, and I, I, I kind of hear what you're saying. I've, I've, I've been part of conversations with people, including myself, who are not that well versed in emerging technologies, blockchain being a, a great example. And sometimes the people that are participating in that conversation are misinformed. They, have a, they, they don't have a really tight grasp of the technology that they're having a conversation about. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, get a group of people together and talk about it and you will something interesting will come out of that conversation there will be various levels of understanding of the topic that you're talking about and even though there may be some situations where incorrect information will get passed along the likelihood is that more correct information will get passed along than incorrect information or that's the hope <laughs> the other the other piece of advice or or i don't know if this is advice as much as it is just insight on my part is that COVID has presented an opportunity for remote work that we've never seen before. The, the number of jobs that are posted with tech startups in places other than Tulsa right now, but that are available to Tulsans is unprecedented and truly incredible. Like, it is such an opportunity for the people who live in Tulsa, who want to get into tech, who can't find an opportunity to do that in Tulsa, to go get a job with a tech company on one of the coasts or in another thriving tech community in another, another part of the United States uh, or even in another part of the world and gain some experience and then later bring that back to Tulsa. So I think that's, that's an opportunity that has only arisen in the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's an opportunity that I, I think I've seen a lot of people take advantage of, which is really what has led to this growth in a lot, in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm, I am a very small example of it in the fact that I, I did leave and come back, but I did come back with something. I mean, whether it is what I am directly using now in my career, that's a little bit up and down or not necessarily up and down. It's, it's not as defined, but I definitely think that I've, I brought at least energy <laughs> to this environment and, 
you know, it's it's really cool to have a community that you're connected to that you want to serve. And that's kind of where all of my work stems from is I want to serve this Tulsa community because I love Tulsa. That's great. I've I've seen the energy that you've brought and I really appreciate it. And <laughs> and I, I agree, us boomerangers like you and me have left, gained some new insights in places, other places that we've lived and brought that back to Tulsa. And now with the remote work thing, you don't even have to leave to do that. Oh, I know. I love I love working remotely. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. Uh Curtis, is there anything that you would like to uh plug or I- anything that you've got going on that if anyone wanted to find more out about, they could reach out to you? Sure. My my LinkedIn is is Curtis Klein. It's it's um easy to find on LinkedIn and I would love to talk to I would love to have face-to-face conversations with people in Tulsa about blockchain, NFTs, DAOs, those sorts of things. So please feel free to look me up there and, and let's, let's grab some coffee. The other thing is that I, I mentioned the climate tech company a couple of times, and I know that when I talk about climate tech, people are often very interested in that topic. So the climate tech company that I'm involved with is called Frost Methane easy to find, frostmethane.com. Uh, check out what we're doing and, and get in touch with me if you want to just have a conversation about it. Thank you so much, Curtis, for being on this episode of Grow With Us. For our listeners of Grow With Us, I'd like to plug a few resources that might be helpful for you. If you would like to stay in touch with all of our featured jobs and opportunities at Intulsa, then please join our talent network. You can join at talent.intulsa.com. That's talent.intulsa.com. By joining our talent network, you will get access to our newsletter where you can stay up to date with our latest career advice, featured opportunities with Intulsa partner companies, and our placement success stories. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. Huge thank you to our editors at Rant9 Productions and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us.